So what about the person who's struggling spiritually in their lives? And deep down, they still love God, but they're off the rails. We're not denying that. We're not saying this is okay. What about the Christian who is out there and they're struggling with life? I'm here to tell you, based on what I read in Scripture, God pursues them relentlessly. And the person who may have left here and they go to another church and they may go to one that you know you approve of or don't approve of, I believe God absolutely loves them. Do we truly understand the amazing grace and love and patience of God that we're willing to stand up and say, I'm going to be the judge of that? Because I'm here to tell you, I need the grace and the patience and the love of God in my own life because I am not perfect. And I try. But I fail. And I have the Spirit in my life, but I still fail. I don't always answer that call the way I should. Maybe you do. But let me tell you, if you're a Christian and this is what you've been taught that you fall from grace as soon as you commit a sin, that you're kind of in and out of grace. I want you to listen very carefully. Grace is not determined by what you do or what you don't do. It is dependent upon what Christ did because that's why it's grace. When I sin, I need to repent. I need to grieve. Folks, we've got to. Think if we've got a heart for Christ, that, that's going to come out in us. But folks, grieving and repenting over sins, that's a whole different thing than being fearful in your life. Being afraid if I'm saved or not saved. Let me tell you what, that is not what I call good news that Paul talks about. Fear is bad news. When we think it's of ourselves and what we do and what we don't do, folks, we, we birth Ishmael's. We birth children of enslavement. Falling from grace in this passage is a Jesus plus mentality. All right, let's look at something else. How should I use my freedom? Okay. Some of you hear that last spiel and you're thinking, hey, this is great news. I've got a license to sin. I can go and live any way I want. Listen, it's like I've said all, all through this series. If you think that's what we're saying in this, you have not paid attention. Paul dealt with this in, that, in the book of Romans chapter 6 and verse 1 and 2. He said, what should we say then? Should grace continue, multiply, so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we that have died to this kind of thing, how can we live in this? And he goes on and he says, look, you've got to continue to look to your baptism. It is a connection to Christ. Not only are we clothed in Christ, we join him in death. We join him in resurrection. 
And this resurrection is about a new life. He says, look, continue to look to your baptism. It tells you who you're supposed to be. Let's go to Galatians 5, and let's begin in verse 13. He says, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only don't use the freedom as an occasion for the flesh. But serve one another through love. And the entire law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. Paul is giving a warning to those who believe this freedom that we have found in Christ is a license to go out and live any way you, you like without any thought to Jesus Christ. Folks, the law cannot save us. We've said this. We go over this, over and over. It cannot save us, but I will tell you what it does do. The law sustains us. Paul quotes from Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 18. Did you know that? Do you hear what he's saying there? He goes to the very heart of the Old Testament, as we call it sometimes. Jesus said the same thing, didn't he? And he said, I give you a new commandment. Love one another just as I have loved you. You must also love one another the Apostle John, he said it later on in life, in his letter. In 1 John, he says, Yet I am writing you a new commandment. The one who says that he is in the light, but hates his brother, is in darkness until now. But the one who loves his brother remains in light. And that's all going along with this whole idea of loving your brother as yourself. And you may be saying, now wait a second, didn't Jesus and John both say this is a new commandment? I thought this came out of Leviticus. Yep, came right out of Leviticus, but it is new. You're, you're, you're like, I'm not so sure what you're saying here. It's new because we are to love in the way that God loves. And Jesus came to demonstrate to us what that looks like. If you look back to chapter 2 and verse 20, we looked at this in class. And we've quoted it several times where he said, not Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Now notice this, in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. You want to know what loving your neighbor as yourself is? It's defined right here. And I'm here to tell you, it is humanly impossible for us to do what Jesus did on the cross. That's why it had never been fulfilled but now we can fulfill it. He's calling us. This is a new command. You can fulfill it. How can I fulfill it? Because I have the Spirit. I'm able to do things that are not supposed to happen by our human nature. This is more than a feeling, folks. When we talk about loving people, this is more than a feeling. It is an action. It is sacrificing our self-consumed lives for the good of others. Listen. You probably, many of you, you worked hard this week. And some of you, you worked long hours. And not just in your job, some of you are in your schooling, you've had reports, you've had midterms, you've had all this kind of stuff. And you know what? Honestly, you deserve a day off. You deserve some time down. I don't think anyone would say, you know, that person is not justified to be able to sit back on Saturday and watch some ball games 
or, or to watch, um, you know, uh, some chick flicks on Lifetime. Almost watched one, by the way, last night. It was about Elvis and Graceland and all this. I didn't. Man card intact. So suddenly, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we have this that we feel like we deserve and we are justified in, and it is true. But then all of a sudden, one of our brothers and sisters in Christ, we learn they're sick. And they can't drive themselves to the doctor or to the emergency room. Or maybe it's someone and, and they've, they've come home from the hospital and they don't have anybody that can really take care of them, that can really, you know, fix food for themselves or even others who can do that for them or, or keep their house cleaned or, or do those kinds of things. And even in those times that we have this free time that we deserve, it is those times that we look and we say, you know what? I want to love my neighbor as I would love myself, as I would want to be treated. And what about our physical neighbors? Do you know them? You ever ask them over for a meal? Yeah, maybe, maybe there's something, and you know how neighborhoods are. I mean, eventually you find out somebody in your neighborhood, and they're dealing with something in their life. Whatever that thing may be, have you ever gone and you just tried to help meet a need? You see, loving your neighbor is, is, is going on our prayer list and our bulletin each week and, and looking at that and saying, you know what, how, how are ways that I can serve others the way I would want to be served? How I can do, and, and it's more than just saying, you know what, man, I just tell you what, that is, I feel so bad for them. Now, we start with prayer. Prayer's powerful. But if you had cancer, how would you want to be served. If you were going in for surgery or coming out of surgery, how would you want to be served? How can you love people the way you want to be loved? We fulfill the law. Get this. We fulfill the law by serving each other in love. The Spirit has given us a new power beyond feelings, and it responds in action. It is a new reality that we find in Christ. It's much easier to follow a list of rules. You know what? Hey, let me tell you something. Listen, we can have some strict rules, but I'm here to tell you, it's a lot easier to follow a list of rules than it is to actually go out and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Just is. I don't need the Holy Spirit to undergo a religious surgical procedure. I don't need the Holy Spirit to, to be baptized. But I do need the Spirit when I come out of those waters as this new creation. I don't need the Holy Spirit when I'm reading God's Word and reading it on a daily basis. I need the Holy Spirit to follow what it has to say, to do what God wants me to do, and to live the kind of life that I need to live. You see the difference? Now, I can get a checklist all day long, and it's easy for me to show up every week, but what I need the Spirit in is, is to take away from myself and find people that I need to encourage that's here. 
following rules is not the goal of the law. Did you know that? It's, it's not, it is not the rule or the goal of Christ. It is the fulfillment of the law. It is the fulfillment of the law of Christ. Read the Sermon on the Mount. Man, they'd mess this whole thing up. And he said, listen, here's the intent. This is what's behind it. One of the very ways that we can know is asking ourselves, am I a law keeper or am I a law fulfiller? Okay, fulfilling the law means that I love my neighbor as I love myself. A law keeper is someone who follows a list of rules. And I say, you know what? Well, I'm a pretty good person. But how am I doing in fulfilling the law as I see others in need? And one of the ways we can really know this is by our attitude. Did you not see what he said there? He says they are devouring and they are biting one another. They're like, and if you read it in the Greek, we talked about this in class, it's like animals. And they're just going at it and it's escalating. And this is what was happening in the church. Why? Because they were not loving their neighbor as they were loving themselves. And one of the ways they were doing this is by pro providing these laws that they said they have to do rather than depending upon Jesus Christ and not fulfilling the law. Now, as we conclude, I want to read verses 5 and 6. Uh, he says there, he says, For in Christ, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything. Well, I said verses 5 and 6. Let me back up to verse 5. For by the Spirit we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness from faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything. What matters is faith working through love. To seek justification through legalistic rules is to chase after something that doesn't accomplish anything. Those baptized, we have already received the new creation, the coming new world order through this fellowship that we have, no matter of our race, no matter of our nationality, no matter of our status, no matter of, our, of the gender, we are all one. We sit around one table. We, can't, we come together in anticipation for the final installment of the coming redemption, which is when God gives us our heavenly bodies. You want to read something fantastic before you go to bed tonight? Read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Those who have the Spirit, according to Romans chapter 8, another great chapter, it says that we groan along with the rest of creation in anticipation of what's coming. And that word hope in verse 15 that we use, it was a word that means to eagerly await. It describes the joyous longing believers have in anticipation of the ultimate glory and grace of Christ. So Paul says that we wait by the Spirit and we wait by faith. The Spirit continues to cry out. 
continues to testify, even in our time of waiting as God's children, and we are able to cry out, Abba, Father, even though we still are in this unredeemed world. And by faith, it means that we wait with trusting anticipation that Jesus is coming again, and he is going to redeem our unredeemed world. When we are justified, when we are clothed in Christ, we enter into a realm of redemption. It is a place where circumcision and dietary laws and calendars and rule following, it has no influence, it has no authority by way of our salvation. And my question to you is if you haven't entered this realm of grace, what holds you back? Our God pursues you in a way you don't even quite get. He wants to save you. He wants to love you. He wants to give you things that you can never give yourself. And the main thing is this hope. If you're subject to the invitation in any way, or maybe later on you want to talk about these things, we want to do that with you. But if we can help you now, we can pray with you, we can assist you in any way. Come now, as together we stand and as we sing.